0: Remember how your mum could tell you were sick just by looking at you? This week on Parents are Hard to Raise, learn the subtle signs scientists are now saying can tip us off that a person is about to fall ill. Plus, learn why our aging parents might truly feel cold all the time and the risks to not turning up the heat. parents are hard to raise, helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert Diane Berardi. Welcome. So this week, um, I was talking to uh, a daughter of one of my uh, clients, and we have had a terrible cold snap in the Northeast. Um, Snow, ice, very cold. (laughs) As my mother would say, very, very cold. (laughs) Diane, wear a hat. (laughs) So anyway, it's been really cold here. So Thursday, we had this. I guess it started Wednesday night. We had, you know, snow, and um, where I live, we got, I guess, about 14 inches. And of course, there was a state of emergency, and no one could drive, move anything. So I wasn't able to visit um, this particular client. So I had called her daughter, and. I love talking to her daughter because her daughter is just so upbeat, no matter what you know and um I had uh, uh arranged home care for her mom um and uh visiting physicians so that a physician could go to her home you know and uh physical therapy in her home because her mom is ninety eight years old and um she just takes a high blood pressure medic- medicine, but, you know, she's, um, uses a walker and she lives alone. She wants to live alone. So, um, I had called her daughter and said, you know, I, I, I can't make it there. And her daughter said, oh no, I'm not. She said, you know, I can't get there either. She said, but I was just there, um, Last night, you know, because again, I have to fix my husband had to work on the remote because she goes, I wish Comcast would figure out a remote for the elderly because he had it. They always, my mom is constantly messing it up, which is not unusual. I hear that all the time. They're very complicated remotes. And uh, she said, and I, I, I can't get there, but we're going to try to get there tomorrow. And it's really funny because there's so many retirement communities, but they never plow them out first. They're always like the last people to be plowed out. So you can't even, it's hard to try to get in there after a snowstorm. You know, you're kind of shoveling your way to a person's home or in their driveway. So anyway, she said to me, you know, my mom was so mean before we had Joanne, you know, she said, and she was totally against it, totally against everything. She said, and I'm the only girl. And she said, I was an hour away. And she said, I have three brothers who are in the area. She said, and I, but everything... I had to do she said I was um I was working a full-time job trying to take care you know do things for her and I have had grandchildren I was trying to help out with she said and I would go by my mom's house and she would say oh she said I want you to do this you know and she said and I would say mom how am I going to do that too? let you know one of my brothers do it she said and she would say to me oh you're so busy you mean what are you doing that you can't do this for me. She said and she was just always so mean and hurled, you know, mean things at me and I would feel so bad about it. And you know, we were we were talking and you know, we both said, you know, we can't if that happens, you know, you can't take it personally. It's very difficult not to. You know, if your if your mom or dad says something that you know, it really hurts you. And and that's a hard thing to take as a human being, never mind if, you know, you're a son or a daughter. But, you know, she said to me, you know what, I, I just I learned that I can't take it personally. And I just would look at my mother and say, well, you know, what do you think I am or something, she said, and I try to make a joke of it, she said, and I would just laugh it off, you know, she said, now, We were just there on Wednesday fixing the remote. My husband was there. She said, and I'm talking to her today. And she said, oh, when are you going to come by? Because now I, I need you to fix something on my bed. She said, Mom, how long has that been the problem with your bed? Oh, it's been like two weeks. She said, but we were just there on Wednesday. Why didn't you tell us that? Well, I didn't want to bother you," she said. Now, before Joanne, she would bother me. She said, "So maybe she's calmed her or something." So, you know, I've been I've been getting a lot of emails where people are are you know we as children, we're, we're feeling bad because our parents are saying things that, you know, they're hurtful and they're mean, but you just, we have to try to remember and myself included, you know, it's, it's not you and they don't mean it. It's, it's, it's something that they're going through. They're hurting in some way or they're scared. And, you know, they're they're saying things that they really don't mean. They say things matter-of-factly. They don't think about, you know, how it comes out. So you have to try to just... Even though it hurts, you just have to try to say, okay, no, I I, I know she doesn't mean that or he doesn't mean that. Otherwise, it'll just eat away at you and you don't want that to happen. So whenever, you know, I, I just think of this woman, she's always this daughter, she's always up and she's always like, how are you? You know, and she just laughs about it. So that's a lesson to learn. We have to try to just laugh about it, even though I know it is difficult. Now, speaking of the weather, I was saying how cold it is here, you know, and we're having all this terrible weather. And most of us know about the dangers for the elderly um, in winter. You know, we think about them falling on the ice and breaking bones or having breathing problems caused by the cold air. But we don't think about what the cold weather can lower the temperature inside their body, that the elderly can lose body heat fast and this drop in body temperature it's called hypothermia and it can be deadly if not treated because when we're cold you know we shiver to stay warm we have this internal it's like an in, we have this internal thermostat but as we age the thermostat doesn't always work the way it should which isn't good, especially in the kind of weather we're seeing across the country. And it's one of the reasons why the elderly are at an increased risk of developing hypothermia. And, you know, that can happen anywhere. Hypothermia, it doesn't just mean it can happen outside or not just in, you know, northern states. Some elderly can have mild a mild form of hypothermia if the temperature in their house or their room in a nursing home isn't kept warm enough for them. So hypothermia is what happens when the body temperature gets very low. For the elderly, a body temperature below ninety five degrees Fahrenheit. So the hypothermia occurs because the body is losing heat faster than heat can be produced. And why are, you know, the elderly more at risk for hypothermia? Well, you know, we've talked about this A lot of times their metabolism works at a slower rate. So it makes it more difficult to maintain a normal body temperature when the room temperature drops below about 65 degrees Fahrenheit. And they have less ability to detect changes in temperature. They have a decrease in shivering, or in constricting of blood vessels. And that helps maintain their core body heat by moving the blood away from their arms and legs, that constricting of blood vessels. And some chronic medical conditions make it harder for their body to stay warm. Um, Hypothyroidism, you know, having a low thyroid hormone, diabetes, that problem keeps blood from flowing normally. Parkinson's or severe arthritis, they have trouble moving. If they've had a stroke or they, you know, and were left paralyzed, they have trouble moving or their thinking may not be clear. Certain medications that we don't think of affect body heat. They may change how their body regulates temperature medications to treat anxiety, depression, nausea, even over-the-counter cold pills can increase the risk for hypothermia, and we don't even think about that. You know, what seems too warm for us may not be warm enough for another person. I know when I walk into my parents' house, oh my gosh, I'm like, it, it it feels like it it's so hot and stuffy and my mother is like has on a heavy robe you know or heavy sweats on and my father's got sweatshirts on you know and they're cold and I'm like oh my gosh my sister's like we could grow mushrooms in here it's so warm you know but they don't they don't feel the they don't feel it you know and and so you have to be we have to be careful of that so how do we prevent hypothermia? me and the elderly well first of all um they have to i tell them you know wear several layers of clothing of loose clothing when it's cold out because the layers will trap the warm air, air between them the tight clothes can keep your blood from flowing freely which can lead to you know losing body heat i tell them even wear long underwear even wear that under their pajamas socks slippers you know you can wear a hat in the house, you know, to keep you warm. Put a blanket over your legs. Keep the thermostat between 68 and 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, I know what they'll say to me is, no, the heating bills, you know, but I'll say to them, well, let's, you know, close off rooms that you're not using. Close the vents and shut the doors so that we're not heating, you know, places that don't need to be heated. Um, also, you know, they sell those. Um, I don't even know what you call them. They sell those things that you can, they look like dogs or cats, that you can um, put in front of the doors at the bottom to keep out the draft. If they don't want to buy them or you, you can't find them or you don't have one, you can roll towels in front of all the doors, you know, to keep out the drafts. Close the blinds and the curtains. Make sure that, you know, they have warm beverages to drink and limit alcohol because that can make them lose body heat. And I tell them, you know, you have to eat properly in the winter, you have to keep up your body weight, drink hot chocolate if they can, you know, warm, warm uh, beverages, but not caffeinated beverages. And try to keep them inside so that they don't have to go out. But if they do have to go out, you know, a hat, gloves, scarf, in the car, blanket, make sure you have water in the car, snacks, just in case. Because, you know, they'll get in a car and they don't think about, what if the car breaks down? You know, what if they can't drive? What if it starts to snow? Ice. And even heavy wind can lower their body temperature quickly. So they don't think about that. Some of the warning signs, you know, of hypothermia, like if you walk into the house, their house, and it's very cold, and they're not dressed for cold weather, so you have to pay attention. Look for the umbles, you know, the stumbles, mumbles, fumbles, or grumbles. You look for those things. Um, Early signs, they're um, cold, cold hands, puffy or swollen face pale skin they're shivering or sometimes they don't shiver but you walk in and you're shivering they're talking slower than normal they're confused or they're angry they're sleepy or they have slurred speech and some of the later signs if they're slow moving or they're having trouble walking they're having trouble keeping their balance they're clumsy they're they're stiff or they're having their arms or legs are moving like they're jerking they have a a slow heartbeat or slow, shallow breathing if they're if they lost consciences, obviously you're gonna call nine one one and while you're waiting, you know wrap them in a warm blanket. Don't rub their arms and legs. we would think, okay, let's do that that's you know like we would think of that, okay, rub them you know, to keep warm, but th- heating or massaging their limbs can stress their heart or lungs cuz you don't want them to rewarm too quickly. So you don't want to put them in a warm bath or give them a heating pad. You know, if you wrap them in a warm blanket and they're still and you give them something warm to drink and they still need to be warm, you can apply warm dry compresses to their neck, their chest or their groin. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man stopping aerosol propellant. You're listening to Parents Are Hard To Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one elder care talk show on planet Earth. So I wonder, are the weather warnings helpful? Or after a while, do we just ignore them? Because sometimes they get us all hyped up and then they're wrong and nothing happens. So what do you think? Because sometimes I think we just ignore them because we're tired of hearing the same thing And that, oh, when a lot of times here we say, oh my gosh, if they say we're going to have a blizzard, we're probably just going to have a dusting and vice versa. So should they keep warning us about the weather and the temperature and how much it's going to snow? One thing I think is they should focus on the risks and the impact of extreme temperatures, not only on the temperature and the amount of snow. But like the time it takes to freeze exposed skin, that'll get people's attention. So enough talk about the weather. I want to welcome new listeners from Melbourne, Australia, from Sydney, Australia, Johannesburg, South Africa, Kolkata, India, Dubai, and Singapore. Welcome. I'm so happy you're listening and I hope we're helping you and please excuse my accent, (laughs) my New Jersey accent. So I was at a conference a while back, and uh, very interesting, they were uh, talking about massage therapy for dementia patients, how it will um, calm them and relax them. So I it was something that I hadn't thought about, you know, you you have physical therapists, etc, coming into the home. But so I arranged for a massage therapist to come to uh, the home of one of my dementia clients. And um, her her doctor had the doctor had said, Yeah, let's try it. And you know, it's interesting, It, it really did calm her down. You know, the massage uh, therapy involves a different touch, you know, than, than they would touch, you know, for the elderly, than they would touch on a younger people. You know, it's gentle stroking and kneading, light pressure on specific points. And they usually, they try to incorporate some stretch, stretching into the massage session as well. And, you know, you could really see a difference. This was helping to relax my client and, um, you know she was sleeping better and um because it, and it it doing it will increase you know a person's range of motion and strengthen their muscles and and you could see it, it can relieve stress and tension so i wanted to offer that um you know to uh my listeners you know if, if you have i mean no because everyone you know has um with dementia you know they're they're their parent is, um, you know, not calm and they get stressed out and they, they have sundowners, they're up at night, you know, when the sun goes down. So this may be a good way of relieving stress and helping them sleep. And also, um, even a hand massage, you know, um, something, because some dementia patients, you, you know, you have to be very careful trying to touch them, etc. But sometimes, you know, then that, that touch can also have a very calming effect on them. And even the hand massage, you know, can help with even arthritic fingers, you know, so that, that touching, um, may be very beneficial to your mom or dad with dementia. Also, I wanted to remind, um, For you to remind your mom and dad, uh, new Medicare beneficiary ID cards are coming. You know, they have redone them and beginning in April of 2000. 2018 this April they'll be mailed out and you know what the idea is they want to re- they're removing the social security number on it to come to combat fraud your the benefits won't change but they're just going to have a different card but just remind them that scams are already starting where you know your parent could get a call from someone saying they're a medicare representative and they're telling your parent that the new cards are being issued but in order to continue to receive Benefits, we have to verify or update their information and. Um, They're going to ask them, you know, for their Medicare number, their birth date. They may even ask them for financial information. So you want to tell them Medicare will never phone you and ask you for personal information. They don't email or they don't visit you unannounced. So if that happens, that is not someone from Medicare. They do everything by mail. So if if they get a suspicious phone call, you know, say, I don't give out any information on the phone. I don't give out any personal information on the phone and, and hang up and you could report Report it to Medicare. You can um, go to their website, you know, stopmedicarefraud.org, and report it as well. So. Can humans detect someone who is sick by just looking at them? So we're in this cold and flu season, and you know how we try to avoid a person if they're sick because we don't want to catch what they have. Um, So no one has ever said whether humans can detect someone who is sick, and if they can, how? By what cues? So there was a study that demonstrated untrained people can identify sick people, so the study concluded that when you're sick, it's written all over your face. The study found that sick people share facial features like pale skin, swollen faces, droopy eyelids, or they look tired. That, and these features may reveal that they might be contagious. So these signs kind of seem obvious, but no one tested them until now. So researchers took mug shots of 16 Caucasian volunteers and a few hours after injecting them with either a placebo or a piece of bacteria that made people feel sick and caused their immune system to respond as if they had an infection. Then they showed the pictures to 62 people who had to rate their faces as either sick or healthy and do it in five seconds or less so the raters identified 81 percent of sick people so then they said but what is it about their faces that gives away if they're not feeling good so then they took a separate group of 60 people to assess how sick and tired the people in the pictures looked and to what extent each of these traits made them think they were sick like pale skin, pale lips, droopy eyelids, and droopy corners of their mouth, or how, p- how puffy their faces looked, or how red their eyes were, or how tired they looked. And what they determined was that pale skin and hanging eyelids are the best predictors of sickness. So there you have it. <laughs> and my survival tip of the week Cardio exercise is the closest thing we have to a miracle drug. Any kind of exercise is healthy, a healthy way to start the day. But aerobic exercise or cardio offers the most benefits for your body and your brain. Aerobic exercise is the key for your heart and your head. So studies suggest running or swimming helps lift your mood and clear your mind. It also strengthens your heart and lungs and helps tone muscles. So get moving. And they say about 45 minutes at a time is the best way to exercise. And that's all I got for this week. If this week's show was helpful to you, please like us on Facebook or keep in touch on Facebook. And please rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play because that helps other people find us. If you know someone who could be helped by this show, please tell them about it. They can subscribe to the show using iTunes. And you can find links to the topics we just talked about in the show notes for today's episode. Episode 41 at Org. I'm here to help you, so please tell me if there is something that you're struggling with, and I'll try my best to include it in a future show. Email me at diane at org You can reach me through my website, com You can follow me on Facebook at Parents Are Hard to Raise Podcast, and I tweet at Jersey Eldercare. Parents Are Hard to Raise is a CounterThink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, LLC, New York, New York, under license of Broadcast Music Incorporated. I want to again welcome our new listeners. We're so happy to have you. From Melbourne in Sydney, Australia, from Johannesburg, South Africa, Kolkata, India, Dubai, and Singapore. Thank you so much for listening. See you again next week.